Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host and I am so excited today about the woman that I have on as a guest. You guys wait until you meet this chick and you hear her story. Oh my gosh. So um, I just, hey, let's just go ahead and bring her on. I want to welcome Katie Mares to the show. Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be on. Good. Good. So, so Katie, um, I've, I've had the privilege of having in-depth conversation with you, um, my wife and I, and I think you are like, you, you may be one of the best kept secrets on planet earth <laughs> and we're going to change that. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm going to start to blush here. Wow, thank you. <laughs> well, you're incredible and I'm so grateful to have you on. So, um, thank you. I've seen all kinds of people are already sharing this out. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate it. Um, so Katie, let's, let's, you know, I told you this show is about helping people have a breakthrough in life, mm -hmm. right? We mm -hmm. all go through crap in life and a lot of people get stuck in that and they don't know what to do to get out of it. And so I believe that we empower other people by sharing our stories and of, of overcoming things and experiencing triumph over them. So, you know, I want to I want to start with, like, why don't we tell everybody you tell everybody where you were born and raised? I was born in Mississauga, Ontario, so in Toronto, the GTA area in Canada. So raised out there in the, in the little suburbs and then moved out to the big city. The big city of Toronto. Yes. Okay. And that was like, well, I mean, you're only like 21, right? <laughs> I, I wish. I wish. I am not. I am, uh, I'm not going to ask your age. I will take that. I'm not going to um, reveal my beauty secrets. No, but... Uh, <laughs> You look so youthful. I mean, oh. you did tell me at 9.30 we were texting last night, and you're like, I'm going to bed now to get my beauty sleep. And I I'm did like, say that. I'm like, who can go to sleep at 9.30? I feel like I was missing so much. Oh, no. Yeah, this girl over here definitely needed sleep. I have three kids, and they keep me busy. And with the three of them, there's always someone up at night. So if I don't try to get in a few extra Zs, then I'll never get any. That is my wife, 100%. Because every single night, our daughter says, in the middle, and I never hear her, by the way, but... Every night, our, our daughter's like, Mommy! Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, I know that feeling, yeah. <laughs> oh, all too well. <laughs> so, so, Katie, you, so you were bo or born and raised in, and what's, it, what's the name of it? Mississauga. Mississauga. Yeah. Okay. Is that near Toronto? Or? It is. It's about 20 minutes west of Toronto, okay. yeah. Okay, so it's close. It's so, close. So you were raised in, in Mississauga. Mississauga. You got it. Okay, Mississauga. <laughs> yes. And and you, um, so what was, I mean, is that where you went to school and, and high school and all of that? Yeah, I went to elementary school out there, um, and I also uh, went to high school. Uh, luckily, my high school was right across the street from a mall, so so that was always great for me because I have a fascination with shoes, and so that's also uh, awesome growing up. Uh, but yeah, so it was out in Mississauga, and then I went to Sheridan College for um, for for university, and there I took you know a bunch of courses. At 18 years old, I had no idea what I wanted to do, so I hopped from 
from uh, degree to degree and uh, finally settled in on actually merchandising and creative and photography and, uh, and yeah, complete opposite of kind of what I'm doing today and even my journey. And uh, then went back to school once I had my kids and I got my uh, master's in adult training and development. So uh, that was at Schulich School of Business. So that's kind of my journey. <laughs> master's degree. Holy yeah. moly. All by the age of 21 with three kids. That's <laughs> right? incredible. Three kids age of 21, <laughs> a master's degree. Woo. I'm telling you. So, um, so like what was it like was is that like a country part like out in the country kind of or is it is it still it's suburbs, suburbs. Of, it's suburbs it? of okay. Toronto. yeah it's okay. a suburb so there's uh you know the hustle and bustle it's still um relatively busy it's definitely not um it's not too north of the city so it's definitely okay. still got some action yeah okay so um along the way, like high school and, and getting into college or I guess university, you call it. Um, I, well, we call it a university too, but I know there's a, there's something different though. Yes. In, in Canada. So college is more like practical hands-on and university is more of the didactic, um, very like, uh, if you want to become a doctor, if you want to become a lawyer, you go to university. If Got you it. Um, want to have a master's in anything, you go to university. If you want to be creative, you go to college. So, so like Anthony Santangelo is on. I love Anthony. He's, Hi, he's Anthony. such a great guy. <laughs> love him. Brian Hess. We have a lot of great people on. So, um, so, okay. So you, you went to college, you, you graduated from, from college, university, university. Sorry. Mm -hmm. That's all good. <laughs> Um, and, and then what, what, what transpired next? What happened after that? I have a really colorful, uh, journey. Uh, so I went, um, after college, I went, um, into retail. So when I say I have an obsession with shoes, I truly do. I own about 376 pairs. Eee, nuts. I know. Oh, you said um, about 376. So I have an obsession with shoes. I worked for a shoe company, uh, the largest in Canada, and I held every position you could imagine from greeter to stock right up to the head office running departments, sales, and I actually created the merchandising department. So the stores that they are today, I've actually designed the stores with the teams there. And, and so that was, that was my first sort of eight years in the career, uh, in my career path. Um, from there, I went over to actually specialty medical and in specialty medical uh, designed an online educational platform uh, very first in Canada for the dental industry oh. and in the dental industry I uh, wrote over 50 hours of courses and rolled that out which is actually now um, online and people can buy and purchase in and so it's really really cool left there and went to another dental corp which um, was about eight practices and we grew it to 26 within the year i was there and so what i did there as managing director of operations i built pretty much the platform they sit on for growth today and uh about a year into that i i flopped again and i and i did some job hopping and i was coo of um, a dental consulting company and around along that way I started to find a love for speaking and teaching and that's when I went back to school and decided to get my master's and then about two years ago I um, went into business for myself and I've never looked back 
and how did I, and I'm heavily into automotive and the woman's perspective. And that all happened because I purchased a car. Oh, <laughs> Which, really? Uh, Yes, which was the worst experience that I've that I've ever had and made me realize that, you know, maybe my expertise and customer experience and the woman's perspective can really help an industry that that needs some help um, and that can help consumers have better experiences when they purchase the second largest purchase of their life being their car. So that's kind of a Coles Notes version of my of my career journey. Oh, my gosh. People are really reacting to the 376 pairs of shoes, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> oh, and when I was in Vegas at uh, the Rockstar Auto Conference, I bought two more. So I added to my collection. <laughs> do you own any Louboutins? I do. I do. They're my favorite. <laughs> that was a rhetorical question. I just had yeah, a feeling. Yeah. Uh, so, so um, Wow. Okay, well that's it. That's a wrap. Thanks for being on the show. I'm kidding. So okay, so let's let's back up because I, I, I like you're making it all sound so simple and easy. Like there were no challenges. Like oh. like like just just <laughs> Anthony just said, and you bought a purse too. I did. Oh, you told my secret. Oh my God, the whole world knows Anthony. <laughs> Way to go, Anthony. Way to go. That's okay. My husband did find out and he's like, how much the million dollar purse? I know it's not quite a million dollars, but oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so, um, along the way, let's, let's talk about like, you know, between, I mean, did you ever like do anything? Did you ever get in any trouble? Like, like anything crazy that people are like what Katie did that oh my god I'm so boring no I am I'm so boring I never I never really got in trouble I never really ever got grounded I didn't have my first drink till I was 21 um and I mean there's a story behind that but I I yeah I didn't really party and go out on the town until I was in my early 20s really which was like last year right so like right. I didn't yeah. start doing anything fun until about a year ago <laughs> And all of a sudden, you have three kids as a result. Right. So <laughs> no, but it—it uh, it, I was actually a pretty boring kid growing up. Uh, yeah. I had a lot to focus on at home, and so there wasn't a lot of time to be your um, average kid or teenager. I, I really don't think I had much of a childhood growing up, and so uh, I was boring. So my parents were blessed in that sense <laughs> that you were just a boring kid. Did you excel academically? As a kid, I did. I did. Yeah. So I, I mean, I graduated with, um, you know, I, I, I don't know the GPA average that you use in the U.S., but above 90s. I had above 90s um, all across. Wow. So yeah. um, <laughs> somebody just said, "No trouble. That's it. I'm turning this off." <laughs> so, people love the dirt. They love the dirt. So, uh, so you know. I mean, so you went, so you went through school, you went, went to university, then you went back and got a master's degree and you got your master's degree before you ventured into the workplace. Um, no, I got it while oh. I was working. So while oh. with kids and while I was working. Yeah. So what so is it that like, you know, a, what is it about you and what you teach that, that makes you, um, different? Like, you know what I mean? Like, 
Yeah, I, I hear you. Different. I don't know. I, I mean, maybe it's just, you know, the person that I am. I don't see myself as being different or unique. I just see myself going out every day doing what I think is best, um, what, what I can put forward to the world to help other people be better. Um, but what I think makes me and maybe my story a little bit unique is the fact that I didn't have um, the Louboutins growing up. I didn't have the ability to party and have fun and have some dirt to share with you. But <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I did, um, I did have a real hard, you know, upbringing, you know, both my parents um, are addicts. And so it was, uh, I raised, there's three of us, I have my sister and my brother. And so I pretty much raised them. And uh, so growing up, there was no time I started working at the age of seven, because my parents stopped paying for um, shampoo, conditioner, you know, um, all throughout um, high school, I had to fend for myself, I had to make enough money. So I mean, I was managing retail stores while I was in high school. Um, And this was all to be able to kind of live day to day and be able to take care of my brother and sister and make sure that I could protect them so they could have a childhood because really I didn't have one and I didn't want that to happen to them. So my days and nights and uh, were not your typical teenage days and nights. And and so I think what makes me unique or um, different is the fact that I, even though you see me on screen right now, and, and let me tell you, I am living a blessed life and I have, um, I am so grateful for everything I have today. And none of that would have come without the challenges that I've had. And I think that um, everybody has a story. And because of my story, I think I understand that. And I'm really out to um, inspire positive, actionable change in in every interaction that I have. So the people that I have interacted with are better off for having interacted with me. So it's really, I'm really out to help people enjoy the best life that they have. So whether that's a customer and the experience they have with a dealership or an organization or an employee and their experience they have with the culture in the organization they works with or my friends or anybody really, any colleague, anybody that I come in contact with. And then of course my kids and my family always there to help them having, you know, the best experience they can have in life. Uh, Wow. So, you know, some of the points, because I grew up in a, in an addict alcoholic home and, and, you know, I, ironically started working around the age of seven as well, knocking on doors, mowing yards, shoveling snow, paper roots. I never had a paper route. Can you believe that? (laughs) Yeah. I know. morning I'd have to like in like three feet of snow like pack up all my papers roll them together go house to house to house oh yeah I did that (laughs) they wanted to pay me like five cents a paper and I'm like wait a minute I can make more money going out collecting the pop bottles off the street (laughs) and I'm like so I just did the math and I'm like no I'm not working for that so you know, um, but but you know, I I understand the um, you know having to assume responsibility early in life, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's like people that have like I look at our our my my two daughters and I'm like you guys like my little girl gets mad when the battery dies on her <laughs> i on her MacBook Pro yeah I'm like, or her iPhone I'm like. I like you have battery packs I've even bought for you. Like, are you kidding me right now? She gets, like they they just don't get it, right? And so what you know, and, and again though, like you've been through the stuff and I've I've said this and I know you'll agree that it because you just said it, you're blessed today uh, because so blessed. of 
Yes. Right? Not despite of, because of, because, because I've had these challenges, a thousand percent. Right. I wouldn't be, I really wholeheartedly believe I wouldn't be where I am today yeah. if I didn't go through those challenges. But I what about the person that gets stuck? What about, because I've got, you know, I've seen people that can't put $50 together, like literally yeah. cannot put $50 together and they sit around making excuses and feeling oh. sorry for themselves. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Trust me, I have no empathy for that. None, zero. In fact, it makes me angry. But what, how, like, what if somebody comes to you and they're like, I can't figure it out. And I, I mean, what do you tell them? Like, Hey, like, what do you say? So, I mean, it's for me, uh, you know, cause I've been asked this question, how do you get, how do you get where, got where you are from where you were and, and what did you do and how did you turn out this way? And you could have let this whole world swallow you whole. And, and so, I mean, what I say is this, first of all, everybody's doing the best that they know at that moment. Like I truly wholeheartedly believe it. So when I, if somebody were to come to me and say that I try to meet them where they're at and try to understand their woes as much as I possibly can. But then from there, the one single question I ask all, all times is what else can you do to get the results that you want? So stop living below the line because the only person that's going to change your world and your life is you. And so what do you want? What do you want in life and what do you got to do to get there? And, and so that is, that is kind of the thing I, I put out there all the time. And I'm happy to help people get to where they want, point them in the right direction. But it really starts with that individual. And so what I, I always say, well, what, what else are you going to do to get to what you want? What else are you going to do? Keep asking yourself. And at some point when you double click, double click, double click, you're going to find an answer. You're going to remove a roadblock. But you have to stay positive. You have to start where you're at. And you have to be able to constantly be looking at yourself internally. What else could I do? What else could have I done? What could I learn in order to keep moving forward? I, so that's what I, I, I love. I love your attitude. But ha, are, are you, you know, I mean, I think people see these little sound bites out of, you know, I've always said, don't compare your movie to someone else's highlight reel, right? You may yeah. see somebody on Facebook and like, Oh my gosh, they're the happiest, most positive person I've ever seen in my life. And it's like, yeah, but, <laughs> right? So, yeah. but we all, so we all go through those moments of anger, of frustration, of, of, of whatever. And, and I truly believe that everybody, if, if not, if you say that, if anyone says like, yeah, I don't, I don't go through that ever. I'm never oh, angry. Laughing. Like, Lying. They'll They're lie. They'll lie about other stuff too. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, but so, like, when you start, I don't know if you've ever had this happen. Like, you you have a thought. Things mm -hmm. may be going very well. You have a thought, and you recognize the thought as a negative thought, and mm -hmm. then it just kind of you watch it grow, and then uh -huh. things start going bad. Oh yeah. You've seen that. <laughs> How do you oh, turn yeah. that around? I've I lived that. I know, on. right? Of course. <laughs> right. So how do you stop it? How do you how do you stop it? Because that can culminate into a fight with your spouse or a, a yelling at your kid or, yeah. or or what like how do you turn that off? How do you turn that ship around, so to speak? 
Uh, you know, it's, it's hard. It's not easy. And, um, I'd like to say I'm, I'm a very optimistic person. So I try not to let things get to me, but there are those fears. And I call I, for me, it's more fears. I have those negative thoughts when I'm on a, on a CEO position of a company and going out for myself. The fear of making sure I have a paycheck every month so I can afford my Louboutins and my perks. <laughs> Right. Um, no, but it's a fear. There's fears um, of, you know, not being enough. There's a fear of not being enough, especially being a woman as as a mom, as a wife, as an as an, a female entrepreneur. Am I able to give myself to everyone? My fear. Am I hurting my kids? Am I upsetting my husband? Am I giving enough to my to my partners, my clients, my friends? And then am I giving enough to myself? So there's a ton of fears that constantly go through my mind. Um, the thing that gets me through is meditation, is taking a moment to breathe and be present. Because I believe in this crazy world that is ongoing, constantly, constantly, especially with social media, is taking a moment to actually feel yourself breathe and get yourself outside of your head. Because that's where fear cultivates. It's within you. And so if you can just, you know, be present. I mean, if everybody who's on the show right now took a minute and actually inhaled and exhaled, like really think about the last time you felt yourself breathe. Probably not for weeks because we're on autopilot. So I find bringing myself back to that breath, bringing myself back to the present moment allows me to sort through things and allows me to get through it. Now, it doesn't work every time. And a lot of the times I need to do it multiple times, but I really have to bring myself back to that moment because when we live in the present, there's nothing truly wrong ever Ever. because every single moment is fantastic. But if you're starting to look at five years and don't go wrong, we all have to do that to plan, to get ahead in life. But if you start worrying about what's happening tomorrow, the next day, next week, you're not living in that actual moment. And that moment is what matters because that's the moment that's going to get you to where you want to be tomorrow and where you want to be next week. And so that's, I try to bring myself back to present as, as much as possible. I don't know if you're familiar with Eckhart Tolle, the author. I'm sure, sure you are. Of now. Yeah. Uh, Power of Now. Uh, I've read a lot of his books. And so I have um, sticky notes in like on my bathroom mirrors. And it says, um, what's your relationship with the present moment? So every time I go into the bathroom, I'm reminded to breathe. I'm reminded to feel all my muscles moving and to be present because when you're present, there's nothing wrong. And that that helps me get rid of my fear. I absolutely love that. I've, you don't, you don't know this, I don't think, but I've meditated every single morning of my life for the last 15 oh, years. That's amazing. I wish I could say every morning. I'm like, I, that's the consistency is what I'm trying to work on. Yeah. But yes, that's amazing. I, I've, I, I've found that when I don't meditate, things go astray. And, yeah. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, and Wayne Dyer, Dr. Wayne Dyer is one of my favorite authors, if not my favorite author. And he talks about Deepak Chopra being his mentor. And okay. he, would, he would call Deepak and say, oh my gosh, this is going wrong and this is going wrong. And, and, da, da, and, and Deepak would just say, Wayne, meditate. And, and he would say, and he say uh, yeah, but you don't understand. She said this and he did that and blah, blah, blah. He's, and he'd say, Wayne, meditate and hang up on him. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> right? So yeah. it's it's all the answers uh, to to what trouble us is it's inside, right? 
It is. It really is. And it helps you work through it. Yeah. I love that. So, so you, so you had a bad car buying experience. I Terrible. Mean, it, it amazes <laughs> me though, that you can like in today's world, if you and I went out and, and went to a mall today and we stopped at a hundred stores in that mall, yeah. that maybe 85 of them were going to have a bad experience. Yeah. Bad customer oh, yeah. Experience. Maybe not that high. I'm, maybe I'm being mean. No, you're not. I would say that's about right. I mean, there was a study done by Bain and Company where they interviewed 365 um, C-suite level executives and asked, do you feel, do you give a great experience? And they said, 80% of them said yes. But what they didn't know is they surveyed 3,000 of their customers and their customers came back with this question. They asked, do you feel you receive you know, excellent service, superior service, and only 8% of them said yes. Wow. Only eight. So there's a huge, huge disconnect, you know, the organizations thinking they're giving this amazing experience and the customers who actually feel they're receiving it. And so it doesn't surprise me 85% being um, a not so great experience. That's, that's just about right. I don't know. Have you read the book? I'm sure I'm, I would bet almost everything I have that you've read this book. Uh -oh, um, <laughs> it's, um, oh my gosh, Tony Shea's book, the founder uh, of Zappos. Yes. What, Delivery happiness. Yes. I have. Yes. OMG. <laughs> Amazing. Right. And it starts within, it starts within, you know, the culture, the people, yes. how happy you make your employees and then how you deliver out. But what I love about the experience that Zappos provides, it's not about what they think is a great experience. They uncover what the customer wants as an experience and they meet their expectations. Yeah. So if you uncover what their expectations are and you meet them, you're going to win every time. But if you go out not caring about, you know, what it is the customer needs and you only, you know, care about what you think they need, then you're going to miss the boat every time. I 1000% agree. And I, what, one of the stories in that book that Tony Shea talks about, if you remember, he says, you know, that, that they literally have had people call their customer service line and ask them to order a pizza for them. Yeah. And they okay. do it. Of course. They do. They'll yeah. say, they'll say, hey, can you tell me where a pizza place is nearby where I live? And they'll go, sure. Yeah. And they Google it and they go, would you like me to call them and order you a pizza at Zappos? Yes. Like they're not a pizza joint. No. They sell shoes. But shoes. Right. <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh, of course you've read the book. What the heck yes. was I thinking? So, you know, like, so it, it's that that people don't get, though. Like mm -hmm. companies, business owners, yeah. entrepreneurs do not understand the power of that. They think, oh, if I add, because uh, what's her name? Jen, um, that was the, she was the chief happiness officer with Zappos. And, uh, I don't know her name. I don't remember her Jen name. Lim, but... Lim, Jen Lim. Okay, yeah. Lim. I've mm -hmm. emailed with her, as a matter of fact. Oh, sweet. And I, I think it was Lisa Copeland that, that introduced me. But, but so, you know, like they literally created an environment where it doesn't matter what a Zap. If it, if it comes down to a Zappos employee, their opinion or the customer's opinion, the Zappos yeah. employee is out. Oh yeah, You're it's all about the customer. It's about which the is, customer. Which is the way it should be, especially with the way we're going in world in the world. I mean, the only thing that's really differentiating any organization from another 
is the experience you provide your people and your customers. Because let's face it, we can all go online. We can order anything we want from online. We can price shop, quality shop, product shop. We can compare. We can do everything from our kitchen table. But people still choose to go into the brick and mortar store, especially with automotive. They still want to go in and touch and feel and be part of an experience. But the thing is, is now, they're going in knowing exactly what they want. Yes. What they want, how much they're willing to pay for it. The only thing that any sales associate ever needs to do now is create a relationship and deliver on their expectations. Right. And so one of the number one excuses I get when I work with organizations is, well, there's not enough time to call the pizza place or to tell them what the weather is or to create a relationship and spend a little bit more time building deeper relationships and understanding who they are. But I turn around and say to them, like, that's the only thing you have to do now. Right. That's it. Right. So you have to be a really nice person and genuinely care about the person standing in front of you. Right. And they will trust you. That's right. And relationship, you know, leads to trust, which leads to purchase. So it just doesn't, it boggles my mind every time when I get that I don't have time. I'm like, but that's your job as your customers. When you say I don't have time, it's like you're telling your customer they're not a priority. And so I often work with, when I work with teams, I say, I'd really like you to switch out that language. Go tell your customer they're not a priority because right. you make time for things that are a priority. Yeah. So right. quit using that excuse of time and just say what it is, is you're not a priority. And quickly, I mean, they, the room goes quiet after that. But I, I mean, look, I know how much a Cadillac Escalade costs before I get to your dealership. I yeah. know what options are available. I know what what the shiny black model looks like. I know yeah. what a moonroof does. I, I, know, I mean, we know these things already. Yeah. And we're if we educated. don't know them, we're going to look them up online yes. before we ever even start shopping. Yes. So, 100%. so you are 1000% spot on. And I think that, I mean, I know you have a big, big project coming up. I do. Are you allowed to tell everybody about it? I don't know. I, I, I guess I can share a little. Um, and I'm assuming you're talking about my celebrity. Yeah. My celebrity project. Are you yeah, allowed so, to yeah. or no? Oh. Well, I can share a little. I get to work with, I mean, one of the world's, I mean, best organizations and I get to be with them and creating and improving the guest experience on board these ships and really revolutionize what cruising is. And it's a, it's a true honor. I'm actually flying out tomorrow to France to board um, the newest ship, the Edge, and do the transatlantic with the crew and be able to train them and, and be able to provide that experience that people deserve. Yes. Um, grandparents right now are on one of the ships on one of celebrity ships and I got an email from them and they said I have never once felt so and these guys cruise I'm talking 50 cruises with um with princess and now they're switched over to and they're going to try celebrity he said I have never been called by my name so many times I feel so respected my needs are being met and and it's just it's amazing and so i'm really excited to be able to bring that to i mean every traveler i mean this is another big industry like automotive where you spend 10 20 30,000 dollars to take away your family for a vacation yeah. you just serve to have an experience that you want to have so right. to be part of that is is quite a blessing for me and i'm really excited that's so awesome and and i think again 
even if it's not ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars, right? If I <laughs> called celebrity and they said, "Yeah, bring your whole family and it's six hundred dollars," which You'd I know that wouldn't happen, yes. right? <laughs> but if it did happen, they set the price. My expectations are still yeah. treat me right. Yes. Right? And they, and, and they will, they will. Yeah. yeah. So, the and, and, and I think that, you know, that's what we're talking about is uh, there's not a whole lot that differentiates companies anymore. There's just not. It's your people, your people and the experience. That's it. Right. It's the only thing. Right. There's nothing else. Products the same. I mean, it take a lot to, you know, revolutionize something or to do something new. And then within a few weeks, somebody's copied you. So really there's not enough, you know, originality out there right now. Right. All that you can do is be the best people, have the best people and provide the best experience. Yeah. That's the only thing that's going to set you apart. There's, there's a company and I'm not going to mention their names, but there's a company I recently dealt with for, um, moving some, some furniture and, and, the the kid the guy that was the foreman of the the work crew was a complete butthead like oh. he was i mean rude 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 and 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 i'm not like i i just try to you know like all right like maybe he's having a bad day you know whatever but like a customer that is spending money with a company should never have to think maybe he's having a bad day or she's having a bad day. No, that should be their job. Right. <laughs> Ours. And they I'm keep hilarious. asking me to give them a, a get online and leave them a review. And I'm like, I'm like, no, cause I'm telling you, y'all don't want me to leave that review. <laughs> like it won't be good. And I don't want to leave a bad review. I'm just not like that. So I'm not going to do it. Like I just keep deleting their emails, but you know, when, when you have one customer like me out here that, that's mm -hmm. upset about that and uh, an experience they had, what do you tell your clients or what can you do to, to, again, turn the ship around to get it going in the right direction? If you have a business that, that, and you do this, like you're, you do it, right? You're a consultant. So you go in and, and, and you go, yeah, hey, 80% of your customers actually hate you, right? So, yeah, what, much, yes. <laughs> but they, well, they keep coming back. Yes, but trust me, they are looking elsewhere for other solutions besides you. So, yeah. what do you do to help a company turn it around? What, where do you start? Yeah, I mean, it really depends on where they're at. So, the one thing when I work with any organization is, is really doing a discovery, a deep dive. I like to become like a pseudo employee. I like to be, a, a, you know, a branch to, um, to the organization so I can truly understand where they're at because like we should be doing for our customers, I do for mine. I like to meet them where they're at. Right. I like to really understand. Once I do understand, the best place to start is the foundation. The core. So we take a look at the people. What's the culture look like? We take a look at, you know, do you have a mission? Do you have a purpose? Do you have a vision? Um, I like to take a look at, um, you know, do you have a brand promise? Do you have any standards in place? You know, are we really giving our people the goods to be successful? to actually provide an experience that the customer wants and needs. So we uncover all of that. And from there, and depending on where, you know, we, we come out of that, depending on what the answer is, we start working on those. For me, 
it's all about, so I have this methodology called the core methodology. If you were to, um, you know, go in and work with a, um, a personal trainer, the first place they're going to ask you to strengthen is your core. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, if you were to look at uh, fruit or a vegetable or really any object, the strongest, most uh, the hardest uh, part of that will be the core. Right. And if so, you look at an avocado, it's it's the pit. If you look at the peach, it's the pit. Yeah. So really, that's the same for businesses. But the core of a business is their people, their processes and their systems that all output to an experience for the customer. So we really focus on the leadership, the leadership development. What does that look like? Your, your culture so that you can be able to create a strong core so that when we do put a customer experience program into place, yeah. they're able to actually output it to the customer with consistency. You know, I, I love <clears throat> because your, your whole thing is customer experience, right? Yeah. Every, like all these department or companies have a department called customer Service, service. Right? Uh, no, I service is uh, transaction. I, I, an experience is is an interaction. I, I want to move these organizations from transaction to interaction. Love service it. is services. Here is my service. Please give me your money. Yes. That is an exchange. Yeah. An experience is something that ignites senses. Um, I'll talk. I talk a lot about in my keynotes about falling in love with a brand, and when a person shops. The same hormones, dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, those hormones that we that are released when you're falling in love with a human, with um, you know, the butterflies in your stomach, the sweaty palms, um, the nervousness, the excitement, that is the exact same feelings, bodily reaction, and hormones that are happening when people shop. So it is up to us to deliver an experience that ignites the senses, that releases the dopamine, that releases the serotonin, and especially oxytocin, because that's the bonding hormone. Yeah. You want to get into a place where you're bonding with your customer and creating a relationship, because then you'll have their trust. And when you have their trust, you have their loyalty. Wow. So Service is, um, I don't use service. Service is not in my vocabulary because, um, you go to and, I mean, you go to a fast food and not even all of them are like this, but here's my money, here's your hamburger. I yeah. mean, Chick fil A does an amazing job at creating an experience, but they're, you know, one in, in a million. So. Somebody, James Springer, who's been on the show, by the way, just said that's the best explanation of the difference between customer service and customer experience I've heard. So, yay, go Katie. So, and Jill said the same thing. Great clarification on the difference. Jill's on here, by the way. Awesome. So, hey, Jill. <laughs> Katie loves Jill. So, uh, everybody loves Jill. <laughs> like, so, so, um, like, uh, wow. So how did, like, when you go into, I don't know if you go to Walmart, but like, you know, like I, I absolutely cannot go to a Walmart. I, I, and I'm not, I'm not being a stuck up snob. It has nothing to do with that. The way that a lot of people treat you employees at yeah. Walmart is despicable. 
my expectations are lower. So I do go there. Kids need last minute school supplies or I need to go get a last minute pair of tights for my daughter's choir rehearsal or whatever it is. And Walmart's always open. So yes, I, I do go to Walmart. Um, but my expectations are much lower. So I know what I'm going to get when I get go in there. I'm going to get a service. I'm going to get a transaction. Yeah. I got to quickly go in, get things that I can't get because everything else is closed and then get out. So um, I don't have high expectations, but otherwise I don't shop there for pleasure. That's for sure. There, I will not um, be spending my time there yet. Right, right. Not going to pick up some shoes at Walmart probably. No, but <laughs> my kids running shoes there because they destroy them. It's not a bad yeah, thing. Right, right. I agree. Just you, you have lower expectations and I love yeah. that. That is so true. Because I, yeah. I like recently I started going into I've got a um, a girl at, at, that, that I work with at Saks Fifth Avenue. Well, yeah. she creates this experience. And I was on Frank Loeb's show talking about this. Like she creates this amazing experience. Like seriously. Yeah. Like she asked me if I wanted a cup of coffee or wine. I don't drink, but wine or anything like that. And yeah. Jill was there with me. We were looking for some some clothes for a trip I was going on, and 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 it was just the most amazing experience I've ever had, ever. Ah, uh, that's awesome. And but so, what was so great? What's <laughs> what that? What made it so great? She treated you. She ignited your senses. Yep. She offered you things that you may need but wouldn't ask for, for example, whether it's coffee or water or anything like that. Yep. Um, I was in Nespresso the other day, and I'm waiting in line. And Nespresso is, I mean, I have the best Nespresso machine, and I'm totally loyal to them. Yeah. Uh, but for me, I was in there. It was hot. It was hot and dry, and they could see that. So they offered me water. Instead of coffee, they offered me water while I waited in line. And just that small little gesture makes the you know weekly trip to Nespresso worth it. Wow. Because they really try to anticipate your needs. Yeah. Wow. We we froze there for just a second. Ah. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Okay. It's the internet. It's They're the not internet. providing a very good experience. Technology is great at t until it doesn't work, right? right. So let's it, it totally ruins the customer experience, internet <laughs> people. <laughs> it does. <laughs> so, so yeah, and and I love. I have an espresso as well. I've never been. They have a store. They have stores. Yeah. I did not know that. And you can go try all their coffee. They make you coffee, espressos, cappuccinos. Like it's wow. it's fantastic. Yeah, it's a great experience. Wow, wow, wow! I did not know that. Like we got to find an espresso store here. You need I to try. We have an espresso machine. So, um, so where is it that you think? And and you know, normally this is about people individually, but let, let's let's focus a little bit more on companies. Where is it that you think people or companies, people get stuck? What is the number one thing that's that's holding companies back? Sears, for example, just yeah. I mean, they're 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 going under. They're gone or whatever. Toys yeah. R Us, I think, is being saved by some investments. But but like they're bankrupt and all these ginormous retail brick and mortar stores are going under because Amazon, for example, I have, yeah. I can't say her name or she'll perk up and start, but the uh -huh. Amazon yeah. thing, yeah. That, yeah. You know, I have them everywhere, right? And I've yeah. had a couple of them go bad that were maybe two years old or something. And you call them and say, hey, this thing went bad. 
no problem. We'll ship you out a new one. We'll send you a return label and another box to pop it in and blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah, blah. Any problem I've ever had with anything with Amazon, boom, they just handle it, right? You do that with a lot of brick and mortar stores and that's not yeah. the response. So, I mean, I think when it comes to brick and mortar, I think they get them their, their panties in a knot. I feel like they're all bunched up because they're trying to do what everybody else is doing. They're trying to be the Amazons of the world. And sure, would it be great that we all were? A hundred percent. But then there would be the conglomerate that Amazon is. I feel that um, a lot of brick and mortar, a lot of organizations, regardless of the service they provide or regardless of um, you know what it is they do or they sell, they forget about the basics. Like yeah. they forget about the basics and they get so wrapped up in, and don't get me wrong, technology is important. That's the way of the world right now. I mean, AI is coming and it will be coming for a really long time. Um, but it's been here for a really long time. Um, right. There's all of these technology pieces that, that are um, overwhelming organizations and they're forgetting that they have people in their companies and they're serving people. So whether they're serving people face to face or they're serving people through um, a technology like a portal or some sort, whether it's Amazon or anything like that, like a website, they forget that the basics still count and they need to go back to the foundation of who they are, what it is they do, and then build on that. I feel like we we often get ahead of ourselves and we forget about um we forget about, you know, what it is, what is that one main goal that we set out to do from the very beginning? I mean, Good to Great is a great book to yep. read yep. Um, because those are prime examples of good organizations that have gone from good to great. And the way they've done that is they have been steadfast on staying true to who they are and what they want to accomplish and then put all the little pieces in and around it. So yep. I think a lot of organizations, they get ahead of themselves and then they get so much going on in their head that they get all tied up and they have no idea how to digest it. Yeah. And they have no idea how to put it on paper, put a plan into action to actually achieve what they think is the right thing to achieve. I, I believe that if we um, slow down a little, if we take a moment, took a moment to breathe and be present, uh, even in our organizations, we would be able to properly assess where we should be going. And we would probably realize that we're not that bad as it stands. We just need to treat our people right, create an experience, whether it's through technology or face-to-face -face, that our customers want, and then everything else will fall into place. I mean, and the other thing that I think a lot of organizations do is they chase the number. And that is like the worst thing that an organization can do is chase the number. Because when you focus on what you want to achieve, you forget how to teach your people how to get there. Yeah. And it is the how you get there that results in the number. Right. The number is never going to come if your team is not prepared and humming and in a line at the core of their business. It's never going to get there. You have to help them get there. Right. So drop the number for a bit. You have to know your goal. But instead of meeting about why you haven't gotten to your goal, focus on how are we going to get to the goal. So changing the mindset a little bit. I absolutely I, I love it. And and you help, I mean, you consult with some giant companies, like mm -hmm. giant multi-billion dollar companies. Um, but what about the little guy? What about the, the, the solopreneur or the, um, you know, they maybe have uh, uh, just a couple of employees or something? Yeah. The, you know, what about those people? What are some of the things that those small companies could do immediately 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, and by the way, I was also, cause you mentioned good to great, which is a great book. Um, I still will go back to the Tony Shea book, delivering happiness is like, yeah. it's a life changing awesome. book. Yeah, it's a life. Sure. It literally will. If you're asleep at the wheel of your company right now and you read that book, it will wake you up. It will. Unless you're just a moron and you shouldn't be in business. <laughs> well, there, there may be that. There may be that. <laughs> you said that. I you mean, said there that. are people out there that should not be in business. But so, so you went the shock value. But yes. so, so what is something that the little guy can do? Because, again, you know, a smaller company can't afford to employ somebody like you probably, right? Yeah. So what can they do to to really make a difference? Oh, I mean, read, 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 read. I mean, take time to develop um, yourself. If you lead a company, you want to be able to read and get ideas. But that's just only one half. We have to go from process to practice. So when you are reading and you're gaining these ideas, you also need to make an action plan and you need to be able to um, get out there and actually make things start to happen. But in small organizations, I actually think you have they have the best opportunity to be disruptors because they are the ones that have time to focus on their people. They have time to focus on the experience. And a little company can be known for an experience more so than a big company. And what's really cool is that you can make a few mistakes along the way and you're not going to be in the headlines. So you can dare to be different. You can dare to try different things and to be out there because you're not going to be plastered all over online and you're going to be able to tweak and move along the way. But my biggest advice would be to read. See what companies are doing. Secret shop. I mean, I read this um, this one article by Bridget Brennan and she is an awesome, um, you know, really the... The, the starting uh, founder of being able to understand women and why she buys, and she's she's phenomenal. But one article she read is she had advice from one of her bosses way back in the day, is that you'll never learn anything new by sitting at your desk. So, for leaders out in small organizations, get on the floor, get on the floor, be with your employees. Be with your customers, see what the experience is like, go to competitors, go outside of your industry and learn as much as you can. Because the only way you're going to get ahead is if you break your mold and you expand your knowledge. So that would be kind of the the advice I would give. Wow. I just had somebody ask um, James Springer, who who owns it. He owns a company said, does Katie have a digital product available that's affordable for smaller companies? And so I'm working on it actually right now. So right. I will have that. Stay tuned. I will have that soon. Yeah. It'll be out soon. So, um, Katie, what, uh, and, and we're going to wrap this up, but I, I, you know, number one, thank you. Like, holy crap, you've brought so much value to this show. It's incredible. Um, but like, how can everybody follow you? Yeah. So Instagram, um, Katie Mares at Katie Mares, uh, Twitter at Katie underscore Maris one uh, LinkedIn. It's Katie Maris and um, Facebook. It's Katie Maris or Katie Maris consulting, whatever page it is you want to uh, kind of connect with me on. But honestly, feel free uh, direct message me. I really did mean what I said is I'm out here to help people be better. I want people to be able to know more so they can do more in life and, and prosper. So if you have any questions about 
people experiences. So your employees, your customers, your family, if you have any questions about how you need to break down or break through walls and, and remove obstacles. I mean, I don't know it all, but I can share what I do know and I'm happy to do it. So direct message me, reach out to me, email me. My email is katie at katiemares.com and, uh, and let me know how I can help you. You are going to be inundated with some emails. I That's have a okay. feeling. That is okay. That and is some okay. friend requests on Facebook and and Katie, yeah. your your uh, your your spirit. You know, Jill and I met with you for quite a while the other day, and and your spirit and energy is just absolutely contagious and amazing. So um, we're we're both so very grateful to call you a friend and and we're working on some things together here soon. So, you know, like, listen, everybody follow Katie and, and Katie, what is one lat for the, I always ask every guest this, and I'm going to ask you this, Um, Mm -hmm. this, this is kind of plays off of something I asked you earlier, but you know, for the person um, that maybe they're just stuck. They've got, yeah. they've got the, the electrics being shut off tomorrow. Their car was repossessed already the other day. They're, they're, they're headed to, you know, divorce or their whatever, everything in life or their business is just falling apart and yeah. they happen to get a hold of you. And I know how busy you are, but maybe they get you and they tell you their story and, and they're like, I'm stuck. I just don't know how to get unstuck. What do I do? What's the first uh, thing you're going to say to them? That's so hard to answer. Because I know. Everybody's different. And, and, and so that is the thing. I'd want to know your story and to be able to really take a look at, you know, meet you where you're at so that I could help them um, get unstuck. But the one thing, I guess the overarching um, message I can bring is that tomorrow is a new day and tomorrow is a new opportunity to be unstuck. And you really need to ask yourself this question, what it is that I want and what else can I do to get what I want and remove the below the line attitude and stop playing victim. I hate to say it, but we are in control of where we want to be. We are in control of our life, of our destiny. I believe that God has put us on this earth to achieve something, but it's our responsibility to fulfill that. And so I would say constantly ask yourself, what else can I do to get the results that I want? Get out of your head, get it onto paper and start moving forward. I absolutely love that answer. That's awesome. Katie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Everybody (laughs) follow her on Facebook, on Instagram. She's very active on Instagram as well. Go follow Katie. Make sure that you, you... just connect with her. You're amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It was wonderful. Yeah, you're awesome. So everybody, make sure you follow Katie. Thank you all for being on here. Thank you to everyone who shared this too. And for any replay viewers, share this out. This is this has been, there's some incredible material in here. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. You guys have a great day. Katie, don't hang up. All right. See you okay, later. I won't. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye Bye-bye.